0: Hello, welcome to Two Left Feet. Hello
1: again, welcome back.
0: Today we're going to talk about talent.
1: Yes, Hmm. Uh, but first, like and subscribe. I'm Ellie. I'm Lewis. Welcome.
0: There's a lot in, I just want to say this, there's a lot that's come up in this talent video. We've kind of been like trying to work out over the last couple of days how to fit it all in and it's been, like, it's thrown us into so many different directions. Maybe we'll come back to some things in future videos, or there might be things that we've just touched upon that we actually want to expand upon It's because talent is so
1: meaningless. Yeah. That that it's left us with such a loose container for the video, for the subject of the video. Yeah. It's like, got holes in it, it's baggy. Yeah. It's like, Fuck you, talent.
0: Fuck talent. (laughs) What do you think of when you think of talent?
1: Yes, very good question. Mm, Very ready to answer it. I always think of something which is almost supernatural that someone has which is distinct from what other people have. Everyone's got their innate talents. No one can necessarily learn to do something as well as someone else who is very talented at that mm. thing. So that's what, that's what the talent is in my mind. It's uh, exclusive talents.
0: Does everyone have a talent?
1: Uh, no. Oh! That's the thing. Oh, no.
0: Not even, like, There's weird kind of talents.
1: Like, yeah, probably. But then, like... That's the thing, isn't it? That's subjective as to whether you call that a talent or not. Like okay. this thing, <laughs> uh, stuff like this.
0: Wow, talent.
1: Well, well, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I guess there's a thing in there, value systems, talents so of the 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 uh, the general society's valuing a hierarchy of talents.
0: So what's a classic talent?
1: Oh, classic talent would be. Uh, being able to, uh being able to cook. A classic talent would be like, this is a good example from my dissertation, which I have lost. Uh Mozart. <laughs> Mozart
0: is a, is a talent, no, like he's a person who had a talent.
1: He's a person who people consider, broadly, to have been talented. Musician. He was sort
0: of broadly talented Jack of all trades. Yeah. No, the musician. considering is broad. And what's a, um, what's a, like, a less, what's a more unusual talent?
1: Well, I'll show you again.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's fascinating. It's
1: quite usual around these parts, but not, not everywhere. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's, like, conceptually how I, think of talent and which makes me not a big fan of the idea. What do you I think agree, of when you think of talent?
0: I would agree largely it's the same same thing that comes to mind. The things that I think of are singing, kicking a leg high, being able to like pirouette, or like being able to balance, maybe like accomplish things with your hands like playing the piano and singing at the same time and like make that uh, like Come across like that's very easy to do. People say that a, you have a talented, I don't know, an ice skater uh-huh, uh-huh. who like can do all the tricks, but also looks graceful. Like there's something about charm and ease that, ah, yeah, that are yeah, like yeah, related yeah. to talent, where yeah. you don't think about the fact that this person might be trying really hard to do something, but. It yeah. Come, somehow it comes naturally to them. This is my idea. The comes attack.
1: naturally thing. Yes. Yeah.
0: The occupations you think of when you think about talent, they are also things that people don't often think of as like very typical jobs. Yes. Like being a musician or being a dancer or being an ice skater or something. Yes. Ice skating is real like front of my mind for
1: talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it's also yeah. Uh, just thinking back to like childhood images of people who would perform things. Um, that was not, in my head, as a job. I just thought that there was, like, um, like these people who could do amazing, showy things who would just kind of float around until they were called upon and then, they would, <laughs> and then they would do them. And they were kind of ethereal beings. I remember thinking, watching Britain's Got Talent, with my girlfriend in high school. Mm. She was all into... Andrew Lloyd Webber and stuff. Oh
0: yeah.
1: It, I became very aware that there, there was only like two or three things which people would oh, do yeah. on that show. Yeah. It's like there was X Factor and that was all singing. Yeah. And then there was Britain's Got Talent, which was mostly singing. Yeah. <laughs> and like some hip-hop dancing, which obviously, I mean, this is like over 10 years ago, so... The programs it, it, changed. It has, it has <laughs> developed. But I remember thinking things like uh, computer programmers or uh, <laughs> writers are also considered to have talent, but we, yeah. we aren't seeing that on this... They can't be done on the stage like that.
0: No, that'd be really good, like, just long-form oh, writing. Crazy, <laughs> yeah. Like, people just... just really getting down to their poetry.
1: <laughs> or, like, they've got, like, kind of, like, the graphs of their... Story arcs and like yeah. all their characters on a, <laughs> on a kind of um, what do you call them flip chart, and there's a spider diagrams and they're like well so I've got, <laughs> I've got all this.
0: It's an option. We could work with it. I could probably go from here quite easily, but we could also do another version. It's yeah. Really if, like
1: if I get some funding, I can take this yeah, to the next level.
0: It's too many variables. You can't. I think that's something in this classic talent show. You don't. There's not variables to what is going to happen in this act. Yeah. So I was thinking when you were talking about the graphs, I was like, oh man, you could also have like a sort of scientist like or a mathematician yeah, like. exactly. yeah. But then but then if you had someone solving maths questions really quickly, I think that could fit onto British yeah. Talent really easily. It's like doing a um, That's a trick. A cube thing.
1: Yeah. Ru- yeah. Ruben's Rubik's Cube, cube. <laughs> yeah. That is that, isn't it? That's the, the Britain's Got talent version of maths talent.
0: Because there's right and wrong and it can be done in with it can be done in a measured time. So, we have this idea of talent, which is maybe like our very instinctive, like, reduced version of what that is. It's not really necessarily what we're here to talk about, but it is important to recognise that that's yeah. like... the that,
1: immediate reaction.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty prevalent, let's say, in mm. society, that idea of what talent is. Yeah. So, what what is talent in the dance context for you, and how does it exist, and maybe why, why have we chosen to talk about this word?
1: I think it relates to... Proclivities or things that you're kind of predisposed to liking to do or doing, and if you're uh, kind of leaning towards flexibility, being interested in that sensation, um, like uh, enjoying that, then you're more likely to be called talented. I think if if that if that works out for you, you know like. Mm. If you like to do it, you'll do it more, and then you will the results. Will be there,
0: and then that's the circle of like that perpetuates itself, isn't it? Because if you do it more, then you get better at it. Then you get, you get rewarded for being better, and it's like a rewards circle.
1: And that's not to say everyone who enjoys that gets better to a degree that they're celebrated. Um, That's true, but. Still, let's just kind of go with it anyway.
0: But let's say that generally, if someone works at something, they're likely to get better at it. It's
1: true. 10,000 hours, that's what they say. Oh
0: my God, yeah. Nightmares.
1: You might be wondering, what is the 10,000 hour rule?
0: Coined by Maxwell Gladwell. No, what's his name? (laughs) Maxwell Gladwell. Maximal.
1: Maximal manimal. What's his name? Maximal mammal manimal. Malcolm Gladwell. Thank you
0: a writer,
1: Canadian journalist, they call him on Google.
0: He wrote a book saying if you need if you want to become a world leader of something you have to practice it for 10,000 hours, proving this by saying that the Beatles did it and also um Bill Gates did it. He had <laughs> hours to himself just on computers. I, he was just
1: practicing computers.
0: Yeah, and therefore he became like the world leader in it.
1: Then he becomes you get to be a billionaire.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's all about the money. And the Beatles are supposedly the best band in the world.
1: Yes, that's what that's what this article about Gladwell's book said. It's like, they managed to become the best band in the world because they played for 10,000 hours in Hamburg?
0: But just the fact that the Beatles, the idea that the Beatles might be the best band in the world is just like, so gross. Well,
1: the Beatles are the best band in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Like no, it's not even just about their ability to play the ability to play music or write songs. It's about the character. It's about the story. It's about the hairstyles. The eth- It's the mythos. The ether. It's the ether that they had.
0: <laughs> okay, so.
1: So it's bull- It's absolute bollocks.
0: Bollocks, bullshit.
1: The whole ten thousand hours thing, not the Beatles.
0: So we we, we we're not just saying this ourselves, but the person who wrote the study that Gladwell based this theory on says it's also bullshit.
1: You know, this is what happens when people want to make some money off someone else's scientific study. So it appears to me, allegedly, (laughs) I'm alleging this, that Gladwell wanted to make some money. I I haven't really looked in that much. I'm just saying allegedly, (laughs) via my allegings, he wanted to make some money he found a study which says something like you have to spend an amount of time to become an expert, something. And he goes, Right, okay, how many hours is it? The guy, Erickson, says, Well, some violinists played for 7,400 hours up to the age of 20, and they became something which I was classifying as expert. And Malcolm goes, All right, everything. To be an expert at anything, you need to do not seven thousand four hundred, but it's about ten thousand, isn't it? A ten thousand hours then. Bit more catchy. Bit just more catchy. Round it up. It's got a good ring to it. So You're not gonna round it down, are you? You become an expert at anything if you spend ten thousand hours practising it. And then we say,
0: well, Ericsson says, that is a provocative generalization, quote.
1: Yeah. Which I, like. I like that I like that quote. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah. It's very succinct. Probably... And I
0: say, quote,
1: yeah.
0: I have some questions. Yeah. Gladwell. What kind of practice are you doing it? With a teacher who's giving you tips? Or are you just at home fiddling around? Just
1: fiddling over, <laughs> and over and over again with your computers, just fiddling.
0: Do you have the right, you know, gear and support? Are you just repeating the same thing over and over again or are you changing it each time? There's also stuff like, okay, if you're talking about success, which is what Gladwell was talking about, which is not just skill level, but like becoming dominant in your field. So if you have a band like Sex Pistols where so-and-so who's the guy? In quite, not very good at playing bass apparently, I don't know anything about these things. Took the world by storm. That doesn't... Like, obviously, things don't just depend on whether you can, like, do the skill. It's also about, like, what you do with it.
1: Thundercat, as a uh, a bass player, is very different to Sid Vicious as a bass player. And I wouldn't say they have the same level of success. Or money. it's kind of really hard to measure. But, I mean... It's kind of, you know, they're kind of adjacent. You know, they were, they were, they're both famous bass players. Yeah. Um, And it has nothing to do with that skill. So, like, I mean, it feels more like Sid Vicious was hitting on a cultural moment, which you can't practice for 10,000 hours. No. Hitting on cultural moments. Like, (laughs) I don't know. And he probably, I don't know if he was even intentionally doing that. It It sounds more like, you know, these punks were just in the right place at the right time.
0: It's totally context. It's not something that you can definitively hold in your hand and say that someone has or hasn't any of these yeah. things because it totally is dependent on whether you have some kind of inclination of mm. like being good at it or liking it, which comes maybe quite easily to you. Yeah. Or whether you've been provided the opportunity to do that thing. And it has to be this sweet, and the world happens to like be needing someone like you to come along right now. So it's these sweet combinations of like success, which then get attributed to just like one uh, measurable thing called talent, mm. or one measurable thing called practice. Yeah, and it's all a load of bollocks.
1: Yeah, the practice thing is really weird, isn't it? Like practicing, yeah, practicing what, under what conditions? Like, this is is the kind of the catchy way of saying it. It's just that not all practice is made equal. Like, if you live in a very poor family and your parents are very stressed and you're trying to learn the violin, somehow you've got your hands on a violin, like, I don't know, you're not going to be able to focus as easily. You'll probably be hungry. You'll probably be... At the behest of certain people asking you to do things.
0: Stop making so much sound on that screechy violin.
1: Yeah. Shut up.
0: It's not like practice isn't a thing that you can do that uh, can make you better yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that's I don't need to say that caveat, but like, absolutely, practice can be a wonderful thing. Like it's it it's just different in different contexts. To like yes. if if you're you know. Deborah Hay, and you're like, actually, I am going to practice performing every day for years, and that means going to the studio alone and like experimenting with myself and my body and how it works. And that's, of course, that of course, that's a practice, and of course, that gets her somewhere, but that doesn't make her a millionaire. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's just unrelated. Like, success and money and all these things are all so separate. But this is... that it it's just pointless to to make these really make these rules up. This
1: is what Malcolm. Gladwell was hitting upon in terms of hitting on a cultural moment. He's hitting on the fact that everybody wants to get rich and feel lots of self-esteem and be able to display their talents. And they want to feel like that's just around the corner or just around a corner, which might be quite far away, 10,000 hours, but still that corner can be turned. Mm. It's kind of this hope that you who wants to be a millionaire? Oh, me. So then I'll just spend uh, 10,000 hours playing this bleeding violin, <laughs> and I'll get there. Um, mm. And it, yeah, it, it's it's putting practice in the context of the goal, which is, I It's probably one of the worst ways to practice anything is to think about a fixed goal that you want to achieve. I think. I mean, I I feel this way because I was brainwashed by my Alexander technique teacher <laughs> at uni. <laughs> against the idea of what they call in that community end gaining where you get into the (laughs) mentality that that you think about the end point that you want to gain and then you just get so distracted by that that you don't actually attend to the practice that you're doing. You don't ask pertinent questions because you're so fixed on everything you do has to shoot you towards this Goal, goal-oriented thinking. I think some self-help books will call it. Yeah. Um, it yeah. It it, keep, it takes you out of the moment that you're living in or practicing in, so you can't actually respond to your situation. That you that you are in.
0: Talent for me. Is always a bit of a pointless word, because I think it's something that's so um, easily. Uh, kind of argued away so it's a bit kind of random like why you might be good at something either because you want to do it or because you just happen to have gone to the right training yeah, yeah 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 because
1: of the situation that you were born into perhaps
0: yeah so then it makes me think of like the whole idea of a meritocracy this false idea that we live in a meritocracy where hard work or talent rewarded fairly. We can insert here. Meritocracy.
1: According to Wikipedia, meritocracy is a political system in which economic goods and or political power are vested in individual people on the basis of talent, effort and achievement, rather than wealth or social class. Advancement in such a system is based on performance and measured through examination or demonstrated achievement. Extra little tidbit from Wikipedia, though the uh, concept of a meritocracy has existed uh, since the dawn of capitalism, um, the term itself was only coined in 1958 by a bloke, sociologist bloke, called Michael Dunlop Young in a satirical essay called the rise of the meritocracy which was basically a a dystopian future UK which sounds very interesting more tidbits about searching meritocracy online the top search results other than dictionary definitions are um, just a bunch of articles asking why it's not working and why it makes everyone miserable and that it's a false promise so me and Ellie watched a great video from that um, that posh philosopher (laughs) Elaine de Botton on his um, trash channel the school of life
0: Lewis does a good impression
1: meritocracy is one of the things that we'll be talking about today in our special video (laughs) which I recorded at my posh house with my wife who's in our sex dungeon that's what I think Elaine DeBotton is. I think he's a sex fiend of uh, most deviant proportions. And you
0: he, you've deduced he often, this from carefully studying a lot of his videos over yes, the years. Yes, I've,
1: I've watched lots of the School of Life videos, <laughs> uh, reductive as they are. Um, they they often, um, I don't know, I, I get They helped on you through. They <laughs> helped me through some more difficult times. You know, it is It's a great thing that he's doing we often feel that our emotions go unnoticed by others in our families um so there's that kind of thing Uh, yeah but (laughs) you might be unemployed
0: you might be sad you might have a terrible life i might be born into wealth (laughs) i'm fine (laughs) um
1: but the main thing for the for the sexual deviancy stuff (laughs) is that he always says stuff about um we might have a, a sexual preference that our partners don't quite agree with so we need to op- we need to find a way to talk to them about that in a most in the most loving and open way possible so he's kind of like <laughs> and then maybe the picture on the animation will be someone with a whip or something mm. or someone with leather boots <laughs> and it's like he's Built this whole channel to get his wife to do stuff that he oh, wants God, that's so to do. Sad.
0: <laughs> that's awful.
1: I don't know that that's true. It's I, tragic. I would. That's my way of making me feel better about his uh, quite sincerely, yeah, moralistically good, um, yeah. Uh, influence on the world. I, I like to make fun of it.
0: and stop yourself getting jealous of the fact that he might have a better sex life than you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 You never get the whip out when I want you to. All right. <coughs> <laughs> we'll talk about this
0: later. So meritocracy, it's the American dream. Well, yes yeah, com- It's the ideal society.
1: It is a development out of feudalism, right?
0: Right. Feudalism is a word which very broadly describes how society worked economically in medieval Europe before our current market society, aka capitalism. Karl Marx defined feudalism as a classed society, led by the ruling aristocracy, who owned the land and controlled the people who lived on it. The system was based on the exploitation of the peasants, or serfs, who were bound to the farmlands. Serfs had no rights and could not leave the land, but they would be allowed a portion of the land to provide food for themselves, and in theory they would be protected by the landowners' military from any outside force. Marx said in pre-capitalist systems it was obvious that most people did not control their own destiny under feudalism for instance serfs had to work for their lords capitalism seems different because people are in theory free to work for themselves or for others as they choose yet most workers have as little control over their lives as feudal serfs
1: so it's a great idea in that it's a step away from like outright, just going, hey, yeah. you were born in the mud. That's where you're gonna stay because you can't vote. that's what your whole yeah. existence is about. It's about yeah. mud and mud products, yeah. mud byproducts.
0: And I was born in the palace, so so you're a that's palace person. You're a palace yeah. person,
1: and that's that's your god-given right to be yeah. a palace person. Yeah, have your own, have your bum wiped for you. Ooh, lovely. Um, but the meritocracy goes you uh can whittle really well you're born in the mud yeah but you've you've done really well at whittling yeah and you can make all different kinds of like sharp things out of wood and now you've and you've taken that skill to another level now you can make bowls and spoons out of wood and stuff so now you can you're free to ascend the ranks of society through this skill yeah. that you have developed uh And your entrepreneurial spirit, and (laughs) now you're out of the mud. Now you are a palace person in a way, middle class. The unfortunate things about it, what are they? So the one, there's one thing which is that it's kind of a ruse. It's like not, not really how things are. Yeah. So all of the residue of feudalism, and kind of being born into wealth and all these kinds of things
0: they still mean something they're still there you know if you're born into a rich family you still have an advantage yeah and if you're born into a poor family you're very disadvantaged in terms of like how much uh, money you might have in order to live a healthy life
1: another big thing which is really bad about it is that it is now your fault if you don't succeed there's a moralistic strand to it which is well you had every bleeding opportunity to Ascend to the palace, uh, and you just didn't, because you were deficient in uh, your um, drive.
0: Yeah, you are credited and blamed for <laughs> the of <laughs> all of your Discredit. all of your uh, actions, which, of course, in a world where not everyone is uh, given the the same uh, opportunity or care, uh, is not fair. Because, of course, it's not anyone's fault if they end up. On the streets because the system doesn't work in in in, in a fair way like that.
1: So what's what's kind of crazy is how I feel like <clears throat> the society operates in this like um, like dual identity thing. Like I feel like general both there's two general things which are opposite here. Generally, people understand that we don't live in a meritocracy, and also. Generally, people think we do live in a meritocracy. Like, Mm. it's so deeply ingrained, the idea that success and failure are both of your own doing, that even when you can intellectualise, like, the fact that none of it was your fault, um, it's still in there.
0: Yeah, and people use it as it suits them. If someone has ended up in prison, then it's very normal for people to think that they've deserved that and that's their fault do the
1: crime, do the time
0: and not to think not to ask why that person might have ended up stealing something we very easily swallow those those ideas and we think well they're bad
1: Mm -hmm.
0: as we were saying with you know the uh, 10,000 hours thing Bill Gates must be a good must be a good person yeah he's wicked he must be not only talented but also nice.
1: Yeah.
0: Because also he gives money to charity. Anyway. Obviously you can tell that I don't think he's a nice guy
1: <laughs> But that's maybe not the How subject. could he be? How could he possibly be any <laughs> any good as a person given what we all know about Bill Gates?
0: Friends with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs>
1: so billionaires, Jeff Bezos.
0: Jeff Bezos.
1: People say he People think really
0: hard. he deserves every penny because he's... Fucking nailed of the system, yeah. and he's clever. He's a clever man for it. He so he's been rewarded out. for working it out. So yeah. many things wrong with that. Yeah. But broadly speaking,
1: he's talented.
0: There's an idea that he's cleverer than the person who's earning less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whether that's proportionally cleverer, because that would be just like impossible. To be obscene. Imagine how clever he would be if he was yeah. like proportionally. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. It. I mean, like that, is, it's like that film you were talking about when you take No, yeah, limitless. <laughs> She'll, like, use 100% of your brain
1: power. <laughs> Complete focus. I mean in, in in South Park he's portrayed as a, a an enormous he has he has an enormous cranium with veins throbbing as as if his uh Jeff Bezos is yeah, in yeah. South Park. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa. So he's kind of throbbing and speaks through telekinesis uh telekinesis. So- no, telepathy. Telepathy.
0: So he is this guy that. So they've like they've superpower. kind of gone
1: like right. So if he if he does have this much money and he deserves it, then yeah. he must be, he must a be fucking amazing. supernatural. Yeah. Telepath.
0: Meritocracy. So there's okay. I think this, for me, the most like, interesting thing about it, is. Like the kind of emotional, thing that comes with it, which is like you deserve this or you should be ashamed. <laughs> for failing and you should yeah. be happy for succeeding. I think this is the kind of like interesting part of it which means that it's really hard to kind of escape from.
1: The shame of not working mm. is so is super deeply ingrained in and it's kind of a maybe a a percentage of what one might feel as a like masturbating as a Catholic you know mm. like it's not maybe the same but I, I don't know but i think for some people it's it similar in magnitude yeah and yeah. so it may even stronger actually wow to hazard a a bold <laughs> gesture
0: the idea of it is seen as a great thing and then uh, and i don't think it is a good thing yeah and also the thing <laughs> this great thing is not actually what we have, it's kind of false that it's good, and it's false that it even exists. <laughs> yeah, it's like a double whammy of yeah. like this is not a thing. And this is
1: and this is what Malcolm Gladwell is just like playing on, in releasing this like kind of developing this ten thousand hours thing, or you know just you know stealing that ten thousand hours thing. Mm. It's people's already ingrained idea that if they do more, they'll get more, and that if they don't. If they stop for a moment to enjoy themselves, then that's a moral deficiency. Mm. Uh, and he's just kind of going, "Yeah, what you think is all right, It's right. Yeah, absolutely right. You need <laughs> to spend. You need to spend ten thousand hours doing wh- whatever to be- become whatever. Yeah. Here's your own thought packaged into a book. Is really, I mean, it's really good for capitalism, and it's really bad for the welfare state in that it puts us all into these, this, this atomized uh, relationship to each other. We don't have a relationship to each other. Mm. We don't have any responsibility to anyone else because we are so busy trying to make things better for ourselves. And, and then that, that coupled with the fact that that's not how the society works means that we are eternally infinitely chipping away at at trying to rise the ranks of the meritocracy which is impossible to do Mm. so we never stop never really achieve anything yeah um mm.
0: it's like an endless like you can't rise the ranks like i think that's just like the number of people who actually do a bill gates like generally speaking society is getting richer Mm. but in terms of like this idea of like leapfrogging kind of into somewhere that you've never that you weren't born into yeah it's very rare and I think it's like the whole kind of culture is that we live in is based on this like carrot dangling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and constantly it's on you for not being able to jump to catch that carrot when actually like it's like it's like playing the lottery. Like the chances of you actually doing that is just kind of ridiculous. And then we get all hung up about like these stories of sort of people getting into Oxford University from an inner city London school. We just get so we have like, you know all these kind of wet dreams about about these people that have achieved it. But it's it doesn't paint a picture of actually what's, what's happening in society, which is that people are still living in poverty. People, like most people are still yeah. living really hard lives. And most people are not getting the healthcare they need.
1: And all those people who do manage to do that leapfrogging, they tend to choose to reinforce the idea that um, anyone could do it. Well, it kind of, I feel like I must have heard Alan Sugar say this. <laughs> like I pulled myself up from my bootstraps and I, you yeah. know, got my Amstrad computer out and I did my ten thousand hours and I'm a fucking wide boy, you know. Like I went round and I did the fucking thing, you know. That why don't you do it? You know, you, you can do it. It can be done.
0: Yeah. If
1: you just set your mind to it. Yeah. But I mean. Because
0: that probably be- <laughs> well, Alan's sugar like awful guy. Of course they're going to attribute that to some hard work that they've done because that's human. You don't want to just think that your life is like a random thing. You know? Yeah. You want to think that there's some reason behind it and some logic. So of course you attribute it to something that you've done and some hard work that you've put in. And and then, they, yeah, exactly. It reinforces the not but, but they don't
1: think for a minute that there are other factors at play.
0: Well, it's pulled the ladder up, It'd I suppose. Been, exactly. It? This is it. It's the pulling the ladder up. Yeah. You know, it's also the, on the people that are born into that status. Everyone who went to Eton and then be, went into Parliament and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and has mm. real power, they've got all the ladders up permanently, and yeah. then occasionally they'll dip them down. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and the person who climbs up will obediently pull the ladder up behind them and give it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. it's also not on these individuals to like change this. I mean, yeah. It's just generally not on individuals to change the system, but it's like it's like a kind of more of a like quilt that operates like inside us <laughs> that I needs get... to shift and like <laughs> realize that what we're believing is not really not really true.
1: I was just wondering about a new uh, value system where talent is. Really, one of the last things people start, people worry about when auditioning someone. And what we do consider above talent is enthusiasm. This is my... Dream world. My, this is my proposed theory. I like it. That it could be nice to... Yes. Value enthusiasm over talent. I think that would be amazing. I think it would be good. I've already found a problem with it (gasps) is that as with everything in the neoliberal capitalist mode it's got to be quantified measured gathered up Mm. rated so I think enthusiasm is already part of the equation to quite a big degree yeah and and it's related unfortunately, to things like, as we discussed with Sue Mayo, body language. And body language is related to culture yeah. and background and all of this stuff. So I kind of... Uh, I don't know how we're going to measure enthusiasm. I think maybe what it, what it could be is this. You, if you have an enthusiasm for something, you can do it. If you have a talent for it, you can also do it. But no one of them is more important than the other. If you're enthusiastic and not very good, you can still do it. Yeah. If you're talented, <laughs> not enthusiastic, but you still want to do it, then you can do it.
0: But that's really telling, isn't it? Like what's more important? Like if yeah. you're really good at it, but actually don't really
1: want to do it, then. You don't have to do it.
0: Why would you do it?
1: Yeah, don't bother.
0: There's this, I'm reading as you are looking at the moment. As um, am I. We both are. <laughs> and what am I reading? The, the depossessed. The dispossessed. Dispossessed. <laughs> the depossessed. <laughs> <I don't laughs>
1: that's how honest. we measure. That's how we measure the enthusiasm. <laughs> if you have a deeper <laughs> zest. Darling, you don't have a deep enough zest. <laughs> I don't know who I was being there.
0: I like it. It's the talent screen. <laughs>
1: darling, you don't have a deep enough zest. <laughs> um I it's,
0: Lloyd it's Andrew
1: Lloyd Webber. Oh. Andrew Lloyd Grossman. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so there's just this lovely little exchange that happens between uh, an academic that's travelled from one planet to another (laughs) and students in this new planet and they have very different types of societies and he's asked to mark the students that he's teaching and he just doesn't want to do it and then he gets persuaded to do it and he's like, okay everyone, I'm just going to give you all the top mark just because I have to give you a mark, Um, so what I'm going to do and the students come and complain and they're like but why would we do the work why would we bother putting effort into doing the work if (laughs) like you're just going to give everyone the top mark and he's like well if you don't want to put if you don't want to do the work don't do the work (laughs) and it's just like complete like
1: why would I do something if I couldn't lord my success over others
0: exactly Oh, oh the way that we understand receiving Affection is always at the expense of other people because that's kind of how we operate in a, and we think that that creates Fairness and equality because it means that everyone is judged and everyone is seen under the eyes of whatever but whose eyes are we seen under? Of course, we're only seen under the eyes of like very specific powers that have very specific tastes and very specific uh, criteria mm-hmm. and so obviously like it's not a fair game yeah. Because we don't work
1: under the eyes of God. I
0: mean, God doesn't... there isn't that omniscient
1: omnipotent. Omniscient, omnipotent. Thank
0: you, person. But you can kind of get a sense from where all this comes from if you... I don't know, I'm just thinking now, like, maybe all this stuff does come from, like, governments have, or leaders, have often employed that sense of a greater judgement. Mm. A force that judges us in order to keep order and yeah. peace. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. we all believe in this greater force, even now. You know, to in order to, to to keep us in check. And it's not just about moral stuff, but it's also about like sh- crappy trash things like talent.
1: <laughs> talent, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: <clears throat> if you're not challenging what talent is, then you can't. That gets in the way of challenging lots of things. I think dance school is a place where there's a lot of like white, able bodied, slim people. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of that that needs to be like challenged. And I think the narrower the idea of what good is in dance, the harder that's going to be. Why don't we have more fat dancers? Why don't we have? Uh, a less racist dance world. Why? Blah 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 blah. So it kind of comes down to like, who's allowed in. Do
1: you think people the people that come to the audition, it's already happened, the filtering, or do you think <laughs> not, and that they're doing the filtering in the audition for the conservatoires?
0: I think it's already happened, sadly.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think this is why I sometimes get a bit annoyed with the cat scheme in the UK. Essentially, like, youth companies dance stuff, mm-hmm. but you also get helped to apply to dance school if you want to. And I feel like that... i never experienced that because I was I'm a bit too old by one year. The hum, the homogenisation that that sort of does to what kind of training is is available or what, try, what kind of training is, is expected of you before you go into one of these schools or... Uh, who can access it like you know these aren't courses that are like available in every town centre mm.
1: this is like available
0: mm. to people who can who are close enough to a big city or can get a lift there every saturday
1: yeah
0: from their one of their parents or care whatever
1: and you audition for a cat
0: yes you audition for a cat which makes me sad because they're such young, be. the little babies
1: i mean it's so weird i mean
0: i, mean, I can see how it comes about
1: yeah because
0: like if you've got an audition at one stage why not
1: prepare prepare
0: people for it yeah I can see how it happens but I I find it like really it homogenises everything
1: what do you think about Hafez Schechter and Akram (laughs) having um, said that UK dancers are slow and unmotivated yeah undisciplined undisciplined yeah um just kind of like limp rubbish.
0: I think they can kiss my ass. That's I Heard think. it here first. Allegedly.
1: That's <laughs> that's a compounding of an already like it's like it's almost like the ten thousand hours thing it's like, yeah, we already knew what the value system in dance was. Thank you, Akram and Hofesh. Like we already knew you had to be like super skinny and that like way thin and, and also conversely extremely strong athletic like, we knew that and we were making I don't know it seems like they were reacting to progress against yeah that it's the most unradical thing to say about the dance world yeah <laughs> and, I, and I guess they just don't want to be radical they want to keep making money allegedly allegedly I guess I suppose this is the only conclusion I can draw from what they said <laughs> they want to make money through a, a, a model that they know how it works. Yeah, business model. A Netflix kind of model.
0: Oh my God. <gasps> There's a Netflix program with Akram Khan happening. We watched the trailer last night. <laughs> what did you say? Um, I dance. I don't... Because I have to. I don't choose to
1: dance. Yes. I have to dance.
0: Oh god sorry do you want to... like if you need help blink <laughs> if someone's keeping you hostage <laughs> if
1: someone's got a gun to you there, and man.
0: making you dance then just let us know
1: yeah like um we can contact get you us out of on there.
0: instagram or
1: yeah so he's got his own problem
0: yeah that's a bit worrying it's
1: kind of weird that he puts that on other people as well <laughs> but
0: maybe netflix is keeping him hostage
1: <laughs> yeah he looked
0: they definitely knew where he was because <laughs> so, they were filming him.
1: Well, I think what we may have been witnessing was him in his cage. That could have been some imagery thing that he was doing for his art, but could maybe it was sex. actually just real change.
0: Yeah. <laughs> could have been art. Could have been hostage situation. <laughs> you,
1: you never know in this climate. I would just like to think that dance could be a choice and that we wouldn't have to, like, make it into this thing where you... Like, it, it, it's most... Respected when it's a compulsion.
0: This actually is really relevant to what we're. Sorry, I'm interrupting you.
1: Are you interrupting, or are you? What are you doing?
0: I'm. What you're talking about this compulsion thing. Okay. Because it makes me think of talent again in relation to like the genius artist. Yeah. And it's just like this compul like Akram Khan isn't choosing to do anything. He's just driven so by this internal
1: force, was, was this through him
0: fire like. inside. Yeah. And that means that it's kind of like quite a mysterious like phenomenon. Like this isn't something you can learn. It's you, just got like, you got it or you don't. You got it or you don't. And like, there's nothing more uh, exclusive than that sentiment.
1: The X factor.
0: The X factor, all of this. And I think that's just so, it's just so problematic in terms of who especially gets in like to do anything
1: especially in, in this kind of society where like I think the most broadly felt def- uh, emotion is like malaise and boredom and lethargy. <laughs> I feel and like loneliness A loneliness and kind of like just Pitching. kind of like oh nothing I do means anything. Like, I kind of feel like that's how I've felt for a long time and I've put that on everyone else that's maybe just me. In the contemporary capitalist world, so few things mean anything. You can action so little change.
0: Yeah, we're very powerless.
1: There's kind of this apathy just kind of sits as an umbrella over everyone, especially and me, sits over me. And <laughs> so I never have felt, maybe for six months when I started my degree in dance, I felt driven to that degree. mm but i like doing it mm. and that's why i do it i don't i don't have a fire <laughs> inside me
0: and also if you were maybe that's my problem if you were more outside of dance maybe you were interested in it but you didn't have like obvious uh, channels to like get into it yeah if someone was if the impression that you got from from the dance world was like you can't do it unless you have like the most intense passion, <laughs> and you're like, oh, maybe I don't. Yeah. Maybe I don't have it. And Get I think through. this
1: kind of like way of framing the whole thing, it it makes it reinforces the idea that you should be grateful to have a career in it, and so then when things start going weird, as they definitely do in in dance, it's kind of more likely than in like other careers you know, people start treating you f- f- like weird, then it's hard to... You're so grateful to be where you are yeah. that you don't... You find it an extra hill to climb to, to criticise working environments, to demand that you're treated properly. Yeah, like Because you've been browbeaten at every stage. Yes. Going like you should be grateful to be where you are. You're special. You're working so hard and that's great, but you should push harder. Yeah. You
0: yeah. It's all sort of exceptionalism and it's not just like that you might just deserve to have a job.
1: Or you yeah. just just
0: deserve to be like treated sort of fairly and be paid normally and it's kinda of like Not
1: fetishised.
0: Yeah, fetishised, yeah
1: thank you so much for watching thank you so much for supporting us make sure you like and subscribe that's always that just helps with the bleeding algorithm uh what would you like to say
0: thanks for listening we've had a great time
1: yeah we had a really nice time i'm ellie smiles i'm lewis we are two left feet we are two left feet Bye 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 bye